Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart. This is Dina Parisi, 2015 IHRA Pro Mod World Champion. I am Fiona Forbes. Hi, this is Jody Emery of Cannabis Culture and Pot TV. Hey, I'm drummer Matt Chamberlain. Hello, this is Melissa Etheridge. Hi, this is Taylor Leanne Chandler, Michael Phelps' ex-girlfriend. Hey, it's Rex Brown. Seaball in the house, and you are listening to the Toddcast. Here on CKDJ, the hits of your life. The Toddcast Podcast is powered by The Pint, Vancouver's favorite sports bar at 455 Abbott Street and online at vancouver.thepint.ca. Now, here's your host, Todd Hancock. When you think back on your life and the people you've come to meet and where they end up, the places, the careers, kids, no kids, it really is incredible, isn't it? And I've been a part of Vancouver's indie music scene since the early 2000s, having a chance to be Seafox's indie music director, a radio station here in Vancouver, and the host of the wildly successful Indie Night in Canada, playing bands on the radio and hosting a bunch of local concerts. And of course, this podcast as well, uh, where we focus on Canadian independent music, uh, create shows with local bands like the one we have coming up next month at Blue Light Studio in East Vancouver. We'll be announcing that, by the way, in the next couple, two, three weeks kind of thing. Uh, do you remember a band called Hybrid Cartel? This was back in the mid-2000s. Uh, they placed on Seafox's Seeds contest, which is basically a battle of the bands through the, the radio station. The same contest that discovered Nickelback, Biff Naked, Matthew Good, Daniel Wesley, State of Shock. I mean, it was... Truly, anyway, uh, the, the singer of Hybrid Cartel was a guy named Antonio Cupo, a solid guy, funny guy, who you would know now as an accomplished actor. And Antonio is a guest this week. Yeah, so it's like there's, there's and you know, you could be so many things in life and you could, um, you know, I, I guess it represents a kind of a period in my life because... I did, in a way, um, you know, turn my back, so to speak, on it and and just kind of move in another direction. I, I was always, at the same time I was playing music, I was kind of always acting. And what had happened was I was taking all of my acting money and spending it on music. And I had this sort of light bulb go off in my head because, you know, music is like, but when you're, when you're like, you're buying guitars, you're buying amps, you're buying studio time, you're, you're buying everything. Right. You know, it's like... And, and for what, you know, like, yeah, you get, you get a few spins on the radio here and there, but that's not going to pay your bills. So it's really a labor of love. And when you, when you approach it like that and you understand it as, as that, I think you can start enjoying it in a different way. Joining actor Antonio Cupo this week is the number five ranked UFC bantamweight fighter Raquel Pennington. Well, right now I'm trying to get back from, you know, I've been on, on a mission. I just fought Aspen in April. And as far as the damage that I came out of the fight, I had only a fat lip. But then, of course, my hand was busted. So I had surgery. Just trying to get this thing functioning again. Um, and as soon as this thing, as soon as my hand will bend and I can actually make a full fist and start punching with it, um, you know, I want to get another fight in there i would love to fight ketlin vera for a title elimination match and then i want that world title shot again so my goal is by the end of the year to be set up if not fighting for the world title to be set up for it and then start 2023 off with fighting for the world title you know we've said this many times on the podcast you've got to set goals as you just heard with ufc fighter raquel pennington she's a guest this week also you'll hear from the singer of a rock band out of saskatoon saskatchewan in just a minute Coming up shortly, in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, former High Times editor, now the editor of Northeast Leaf magazine, Danny Danko, talking about the insane idea that marijuana is a gateway drug. That is powered by our buddies at Puff. Hold it in. Get 20% off. Regularly priced cannabis accessories and apparel with the code TODDCAST in store and online at puff.ca. That code, by the way, ends at the end of this month, June 30th. So if you're going to use it, you might want to get on it. First, let's get to the first guest of three. This week's musical guest, One Bad Sun singer, Shane Connery Volk. That is brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. They have become good friends of the podcast. They, of course, welcome bands, but they get in deep 
podcasts, voiceover actors, anything you can think of to, to do in a recording studio, check them out through pineapplesound.com. One Bad Son has been around since 2004. We're almost at 20 years now. As mentioned, originally from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, I don't think that they live there now. They have had a handful of top 10 singles in Canada. In fact, their song Raging Bull, you may remember, went to number one on the charts. They are six albums in. They haven't released a new album since 2017, so it is time. And there's been some cha-changes with the band's lineup over the last couple of years. Uh, so Tara, yeah. So Cooley, Ryan Cooley, has, uh, he played three shows with us at the end of, well, at the end of, actually, sorry, the beginning of 2020. So he played three shows with us okay. um, and uh, and then things shut down. So he's kind of, he's sort of been there for a while, only even though he's only done a few for us. Um, so he's solid uh, bass player, musician in general. He's honestly a great guitar player as well and a really good human being, which is always nice to have oh, in the band. Key. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as Tara, there's been some changes. So we, you know, Hicks leaving the band was tough. I mean, he's Hicks, Kurt and I are, are the founding members. Like we, we started the band, we've been through all the stuff together, you know, so him, uh, going on to some other stuff was, it's tough in the, the, in a, in a lot of ways, of course, but like, we never wanted to like replace him, you know, where it's like, this is the new person. And like, it's, we just were like we just want to kind of be organic with it and not, you know, what's the right way to put it? Like not in this way, like where we're going to just like, forget about him. Here's the new people. Like it's, we're just like, Hey, this is the new version of OBS, whatever that's going to be. You're going to get new songs. And so, um, yeah, Tara has been awesome. Like we wrote two really cool songs with her. Uh, she was planning to play these first shows with us, but she, uh, has, she got offered a very, cool gig and uh, uh an opportunity you don't say no to which i can't talk about but uh, she had a very last minute thing come up that we were like you you have to go do that like obviously you don't need her permission but like go yeah. get it yeah um so we we're moving into this thing which we kind of were already doing with her which was like having some different guitar players lined up people that can play gigs and just professionals um and so it's kind of cool to have a little bit of a a, re a revolving door of like pros that can step in and play gigs. So we, we, uh, mm. our first show was with, uh, Reed Shimazawa, who's, uh, from Calgary plays in a bunch of different bands. He's awesome. Uh, we have a couple other guitar players lined up to basically when we take a show, we, we run down the list of who can do it and we, we go rock it, which is kind of cool to keep this fresh blood in the band all the time. And, and it really keeps things fresh. Um, you know, so, that's kind of where we're at. And yeah, like writing with Tara was awesome. She ironically lives four minutes away from me. We didn't know where she lived. Oh. We thought she lived in like Toronto or something. And turns out she lives right down the street from me. So uh, it was cool to just jump over and, and write some songs with her. So yeah, again, man, it adds to kind of this new freshness in the band with like, you know, new people and, you know, just a new feeling. And of course, coming out of COVID, there's just a feeling of rebirth in general. So yeah, everything yeah. that's been happening has been real good for us. So pretty cool to get the inside scoop from the singer as the band kind of progresses and evolves over the years. Hey, Shane talking about lineup changes within one bad son. We talked for, for, I think it's close to 40 minutes. You can hear it now at our iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can check it out through our YouTube accounts, all videos that we record. We post them up at the YouTube page. They're all at Toddcast podcast a great to catch up with shane it had been a, a while um, of course one bad son has been a staple in the old itunes over the years cool to see these guys kind of carve out a bit of a following uh playing dates with you know, over the years you've seen them play with like def leopard judas priest buck cherry three days grace they played the great cup festivities we covered a lot of ground with shane everything from seeing acdc on their ball breaker tour the superpower of flight Growing up to the music of the Stones, the Beatles, Paul Simon, the 90s alternative scene, and knowing that Shane is a comic book artist for Mad Cave Studios, we of course got him talking about comic books and comic book movies, and have to agree, it is kind of tough to compete with the Batman. You know, I love those. I mean, yeah, Logan was awesome. Uh, my 
the the game changer movie for me ever was Batman 1989, like Michael Keaton. That yeah. was like in in 89 it was like Batman came out, Ninja Turtles came out and uh Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out and it was like my world was just a whole yeah. different thing. <laughs> but for modern movies like I just The Batman was really good. I uh, thought it was good too. I, I really liked it. You That's know, friends that were bagging on it pretty hard. It's like, what? what are you watching the same movie that I watched? Like, the, we're in so the era, hard. man. Of we're, so we're in the era. Well, but we're in the era of like absolute fanboy culture, where it's like, no matter what happens, somebody has to shit on it. They just have to. And I mean, it's Batman. Now you've seen a million movies, a million different interpretations, and like. I think there's something cool about all of them, to be honest. Like, I love the Christian Bale, like the, the Christopher okay. Nolan series was awesome. Yeah. I thought Ben Affleck was great, though I didn't love those movies. Like, I like parts of them, but I'm like, but I'm like, also, like, that was your interpretation of that character. And in right. our lifetime, man, we're going to see a million Batman movies. You're, you're going to see a million Spider Man movies. There's going to be, you know, I love, there's some of the Marvel movies I love, like the Thor movies have been aw like Ragnarok was one of my favorites and then love and thunder looks awesome. So totally. I love uh, the humor they inject in that. Yeah. Cause they finally got it. It's like not every character can be dark and Thor is a bit of a ridiculous character. So it's like, just be out there with it. Like it's, yeah. and I think that's why Marvel's had such a huge impact is they've, they embraced the fact that like one movie can be more dark and serious. One movie can be a comedy and they can all live in one universe. And that's why they're so popular, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um brilliant on their part you know they've obviously they got staying okay. power and it was very cool to hear how shane came to work with mad cave studios thanks to his wife for helping him make that and i say make in quote air quotes make that uh, decision he talked a bit about releasing solo material his love of todd mcfarland came up how growing up in the 90s with nirvana blowing up and comic books blowing up and how that was kind of the last cosmic shift in both of those worlds well it's kind of nuts because it's like that era was pretty crazy and when you were living through it as a kid you didn't get the gravity of what was going on like when nirvana came out and like those bands really just obliterated hair metal and all this stuff you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. living through it you don't quite get the significance because i was just into whatever was coming out like i was listening to metallica Soundgarden, Nirvana, Van Halen. Do you know what I mean? Like it all was the same for me. And then only years later, you realize like, you know, as you got older, like that, man, it was a seismic shift in music. And oh, it's some of the best music to ever come out. Ever, ever, you know? And of course it's all back now. Everybody's back into the nineties and, right. and comics were the same, or it was this like when McFarlane and Jim Lee and all those guys hit with marvel and they just amped up the art to this crazy place no one had ever seen before yeah everybody just lost their minds like they never mm. seen art like that it was very so it was kind of it's kind of cool because like what was happening in comic books and music at the time was very similar at a very similar time like there was a very distinctive shift before like 1990 ish and mm -hmm. after you know and of course in comics it was tough because it, it caused the speculator boom and they were doing all these like, uh, uh, like variant covers and stuff. And actually like, you know, comic books was nearly destroyed because of the popularity of that stuff. You know, I mean, Jim Lee's, uh, X-Men one is still the, the highest selling book ever, like 6 million copies. Fast forward to like, you know, six years later there, they can't sell a hundred thousand copies like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, so it was like, it was so big that it's like, it's kind of like a wave, you know, the wave hit, but eventually that wave's going to crash. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, when I look back on my, like my time, like when I came into this world, like I've lived through, like for my vocations, like music and comic books, like it, two of the such huge and maybe the last sort of seismic shifts in like comics and music. No kidding, right? I mean, think about the last time that music had such an impact. Like nothing has come close to what Nirvana did at the time, obliterating a scene, creating a scene, a movement, 
almost. We go into the shows that Shane's been binge watching, how he had a personal reset during the pandemic. We talked about our mutual love of Star Wars, The Mandalorian, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And he talked about seeing Top Gun Maverick in theater and how blown away he was by it. The most recent thing that I watched uh, was Top Gun Maverick, actually. We went oh, and saw yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I heard it was uh, amazing. Honestly, dude, it's like, it, it's probably the best movie I've seen in years. Like, you know, on the whole. I mean, it's an action movie. It's it's what it is, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It, it was like, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, if you liked the first movie, it was like, it was everything you wanted it to be without just being like fan service. Mm-hmm. It was like Tom Cruise understood that like fans want to see what they want to see. Like it's Top Gun, you know. This is not The Godfather. Like you're not. You know, it's like so. It was just like the action was crazy and all the 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 crazy things they're doing in these jets was insane. But the story was awesome, and it was like your hero got to be a hero, and there were all interesting characters and dynamics. I'm like, that was just a great movie. Like I yeah. felt. For the first time in a while, like I, I loved the Batman. I thought it was like a half hour too long. I'm like, yeah. you know, it was the first time. And I'm not a, honestly, dude, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to just rip apart people's art, you know. And But it, this was the first movie I, in a while that I really was like, holy shit, it's over. Like, you know what I mean? Where it was like, it felt like mm. watching movies when I was a kid where you're just kind of engrossed. And then so... So that was super cool. I really dug that. Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
Nude Vodka Soda powers the Toddcast podcast. Sugar and sweetener free with just 100 calories and zero carbs per serving. Visit them online at nudebeverages.com. And now, stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast. For as long as I can remember, marijuana legalization has been at the forefront of political agenda across the globe. Of course, here at home, here in Canada, we made it legal countrywide with the Cannabis Act on October 17, 2018. Quite honestly, that was something I didn't think I would ever see in my lifetime, going from knowing where to find weed, first off, then hiding from cops to smoke it, to now it's being sold in stores on almost every street corner in Vancouver. It's crazy, right? And at the same time, about time that that was the case. And right around the time that Canada legalized marijuana, we had on former High Times editor Danny Danko, who is now the editor of Northeast Leaf magazine. He's also the host of the Grow Bud Yourself podcast. He's a brilliant follow on social media, an advocate, of course, of legalization of cannabis in the U.S., And when Danny was a guest, he talked about smoking pot with Chong. How cool would that be? How we're both Star Wars geeks. We learned about his first concert, seeing the B-52s. You'll love the story of how he became senior cultivation editor for High Times. At the time, he was binge-watching Narcos. He shared a near-death story as well. And stop me if you've heard this before. Danny shared his thoughts on people calling marijuana a gateway drug. I don't, that argument doesn't really hold any water with me because uh, if marijuana w- was legal, it certainly would not be a gateway drug. And I think it's not a gateway drug in, in, in the many people that I meet who are you know, simply just marijuana users. Um, and really that's the only thing they do uh, in their lives that, uh, that, you know, is considered to be like an illegal activity. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, it turns them against the police because you don't want to, you know, you don't want an encounter with the, with the police when you know that, uh, you know, they have that against you. But, uh, I mean, the gateway drug theory has been debunked so many times that it, it doesn't really even, it's hard to even do it any justice. Um, you can call sugar a gateway drug and you can call nicotine a gateway drug mm-hmm. and you could certainly call alcohol uh, a gateway drug and those things are all perfectly legal. Uh, I don't think it's, it's as important to find out, you know, what it is that led someone down a path of using harder drugs as it is to understand uh, what it, why they're using those harder drugs. And I, I've, I've in my life uh, seen many, many, many people who have actually used cannabis as a gateway out of uh, alcohol addiction sure. and opiate addiction and hard drug use. So, you know, we know of, of, of places in legal states where people have, uh, you know, marijuana-friendly or cannabis-friendly uh, AA and uh, NA meetings for people who are medical patients who are using marijuana uh, as sort of the gateway back from uh, you know, harder drug use and, and alcohol abuse. And I think, you know, for so many people that I've met, that's a huge benefit, especially veterans who are suffering from PTSD and have uh, prescriptions, you know, they can get any prescription for any drug and, and they can drink themselves to death if they choose. But God forbid that they use uh, cannabis to help them with, you know, their brain injuries or their post-traumatic stress. It's, it's shameful that those arguments even still exist. And I think the only people that are propping up arguments like the gateway drug theory uh, are people who stand to profit from the illegality of marijuana. Stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Puff, purveyors of quality cannabis accessories since 1995. Use promo code TODDCAST and get 20% off regularly priced accessories and apparel in-store and online at puff.ca. You're able to rip it 
That band is Nicholas Rage and their awesome song called Dirty Talk, possibly one of the best indie rock songs to come out in the last few years. Love that band. They are the lone non-Vancouver band this week, unless you don't consider the band prior to them, called Minefield, a Vancouver band. Maybe they're actually not when you come to think of it. They are fronted by Todd Kearns, who of course we consider from Vancouver, although he's been living in Vegas now for ages. Regardless, you heard Minefield, and that was their song called Alone Together. Been talking with Todd Kearns about doing another one of those acoustic Q&A shows with us. So with any luck, with his you know tour schedule, uh, schedule with uh, Slash and everything else that he's a part of, Bruce Kulik's project and everything else, that maybe the, the, we'll line up something with him later on this year and maybe we can make that happen. Be very cool. As always, big thanks to our title sponsor, The Pint Vancouver, 455 Abbott Street in Gastown, online at vancouver.thepint.ca. They are a big reason why we're able to continue and trudge along as we do. In fact, we just took out their GM, Nate, to see the Veer Union show at the Roxy a few weeks back, and we absolutely blew the place up. We threw down like it was crazy. The next day, I was a complete write-off. Uh, in fact, almost two days. But anyway, great night. We started at the Pint, of course, a bunch of wings and a plenty of, of nachos. They've got a huge nacho plate, a few shots, a few beers kind of thing. The Bolts game playing in the background. This is before they advanced to the, to the finals. The place for pre-Canucks partying of course ufc fights great to have them back on board cannot say enough good things about the pint coming up in just a few minutes in listen to this ufc bantamweight champion aljamain Funkmaster sterling talking about the day that he got a call to fight in the world's biggest fight organization that is powered by our good friends at tedco rv supplies out in langley rv service and repair icbc accredited you can check them out on facebook and on Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. First, let's do this. The second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest, UFC bantamweight fighter Raquel Pennington, powered by Capit Chilliwack, providing the best quality products and services for you and your truck. Toolies, tonneau covers, rooftop tents, step bars, floor liners, and a bunch more. Check them out, of course, in Chilliwack, or if you'd rather be on the computer in front of the... Facebook.com slash Chilliwack Caput. You can see everything they've got there. Raquel Pennington is currently ranked, I think we said number five, number five bantamweight fighter for the UFC. She's the number 15 pound for pound fighter, top 20 toughest person on the planet for her weight. She's been in the game a long time. You'll remember she used to fight for Invicta Fighting Championships, and she talks about how the women's game has changed over the years. For me, I think the biggest thing is just watching the sport evolve, especially for women's MMA. Like, it's just, it's really cool. When I first started this sport, I mean, it was not a thing for women. And when I first started fighting, like, um, actually getting in there, you know, I fought some of the girls multiple times just because of the fact that, like, there wasn't opponents. And now to see, like, the young athletes who are starting at such a young age and watching the little kids get on the mats and they're out there wrestling and cool, doing right? in their little geese, like, yeah. oh, man awesome it really is cool to see the kids i got my little gaffer levi into kickboxing pancration and he absolutely loves it comes out of those sessions just full red face and you know beaming that he just learned how to do an arm bar or a, a spinning back fist or i learned how to choke somebody out it's very cool is it not uh especially as mentioned the the women's division and how they've grown over the years i will admit it took me some time to embrace it but now that i have i mean bring on the women the full talk with raquel is 25 minutes long you can hear it you can see it we did it again on zoom through our social media platforms all at toddcast podcast itunes spotify soundcloud youtube of course facebook instagram uh, twitter everything else and we talk all sorts of things with raquel from seeing in sync at the mile high stadium to covid and how that gave her a chance to mentally reset and hang out with the family we talked about binge watching lincoln lawyer mayans mc the fact that she's always been a bit of an athlete growing up playing softball and basketball and volleyball and running cross country she never did play at the collegiate level because she broke her back i'm a little adrenaline junkie and so i do things that we were actually just talking about this yesterday but like 
now that I'm older and I think back to things I was doing, like too many things. Um, like, like how, how did I live through that? How did I not die there? Like, no, for real. Like, yeah. but I mean, you know, I love the stories and, you know, I love the life that I've lived and the adventures I've had. And now that I'm getting older, like I am more cautious, but it, there are things that like, I'm still going to go out and do and live my life. I mean, I can trip and fall getting out of bed tomorrow morning, hit my head on the dresser and that can be the end of it. Like, you don't know. Sure. And so it's just like, I believe in living life to the fullest, but, uh, no, my back, you know, I mean, it held me up for a little while and I had a lot of like, um, sciatic issues and whatnot. And I still get them if I don't stay too active. Like when I take some time off, my back will start acting up and I can feel those previous injuries. Um, and it's just like, it's more frustrating than anything. It was frustrating to have to be in crutches, have a back brace on, like having to like learn how to, I lost so much flexibility. Like it just created a lot of issues, but that's any injury for you. I think, uh, I would probably say like one of my worst injuries, um, was actually before I fought Amanda and I ended up breaking my leg and sustaining the nerve damage that I did. I barely, uh, avoided amputation. So life could have really changed there. And, wow. um, you know, I mean, I like, I can't feel half of my leg. Um, no. yeah. So it's like an interesting feeling, but like when it initially happened, I was already in an 18 month layoff, had major surgeries after the Misha Tate fight. And then they offered me the biggest fight of my career for the world title. And it was like, you know, I came back and then all of a sudden I ended up in that accident and I just pushed myself and, you know, I mean, I fought and threw a broken hand. I, my last fight, I busted my hand and kept going. And, you know, I've done things, but this one was just one of a kind. And when Amanda kicked it in that first round, like, I was like, oh, something is really wrong. And I've never felt pain to that degree. So, like, I really had to slow down and learn how to function with that. We had to get, like, um, the nerve conduction test. We had to do all kinds of stuff to my leg. I, like, lived in physical therapy. Um, and it was just like, all right, like I need to take this thing like really serious and figure it out. Um, and you know, they were worried about like drop foot, um, compartmental or compartment syndrome in my leg. Like there were so many things. My calf was like rolled up and they were like, if your calf is torn, like there's nothing we can do. Uh, we can't go back in there and sew it because I would basically be like trying to sew hamburger meat together. It doesn't work. And so like, yeah, I like that injury was, that was a rough one to try to come back from. And like just trying to get like everything back. And, you know, I mean, with my leg tightening up, it created lower back issues. And so it's crazy to think, right? Broken back and trying to get back on that horse. We really did get into it with Raquel. She talked about starting to train martial arts at the age of 19, ran back her first pro fight, which was a TKO finish against Kim Couture. We talked about being engaged to strawweight fighter Tisha Torres. Her six-month suspension came up, so did cutting weight and what her cheat foods are. Watching tape of opponents, if you follow the Depp Heard defamation case, you'll know that Raquel got pulled into this trial as a case of mistaken identity, same name, wrong Raquel Pennington. What a mess. Yeah, it was. It was, like, um, what? It just, it's funny to me how people are so interested and invested. And like, just the fact that like, if you're going to be so invested into something, why do you not have your facts together? And so I was just, you know, I, it was annoying. I got to a point that I was like, all right, I'm honestly tired of hearing about this thing. Um, I mean, just because I was getting drug into the whole thing, I did go and watch a little bit of it. And I think those girls made themselves look absolutely ridiculous. Like it was just absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but it just, you know, through that whole process, it really amazed me how people can take the time out of their day and get online and go say the most disgusting things to another human being for one, like just watching the messages I was getting, I was just like, wow, like the fact that you even take your time to talk to somebody else like this is just like, it just shows character in people. And it also shows how people just really feed off of each other and why the world is the way it is, you know? I mean, there's so much hatred and there's so much segregation because of people's behavior like this. And so it was, a, uh, it kind of like broke my heart just to agree to see reality. But then at the same time, like, you know, I had nothing to do with that case. So I was getting attacked for no reason. And I was kind of just making fun of people with the stuff that they were saying it would, they would write me these nasty things and how karma's going to get me. And I was like, well, you know, for somebody that's not invested, like I think karma's coming your direction because you're taking the time to write somebody who has no clue. And then all of a sudden it was just like 
oh, I'm so sorry. We're huge fans of yours. And I'm just like, get out of here. Like, it just really separates people, you know? And I don't know. It was was an adventure to say the least, though. Todd Cast Sporting Guest Visits are powered by Cap at Chilliwack, providing the best quality products and services for you and your truck. Online at facebook.com slash Chilliwack Capit.
Toddcast podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world online at milanocoffee.ca. And now, listen to this on the Toddcast podcast. Any fan of MMA will know the name Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling, currently the champion of UFC's bantamweight division. He has a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Matt Serra and is rated the number 10 pound-for-pound best fighter on the planet. He's been fighting professionally since 2011, starting off in Cage Fury Fighting Championships, where he won and defended the Bantamweight Championship. It wasn't long before you saw him move into the UFC. And when Aljamain was a guest, we talked about excelling in wrestling as a kid and that MMA was kind of the natural progression. Comic books and superpowers came up, so did legalized marijuana. He shared a story about going to dancehall shows in Jamaica, how Khabib is probably the best pound-for-pound fighter all time, his words. We talked about aliens, binge-watching billions, and Aljamain talked about the day that he got a call from the UFC to come fight for the organization. Listen to this. I, it's kind of like, the best way to describe it is like playing college football or any other sport before you go to the professionals, professional league, playing baseball. Um, you, you, you do well, you get scouted, and you get a shot at the, uh, the big leagues. And I would say the UFC is the equivalent of being in the NFL or the NBA or MLB. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you, you win a couple fights on the regional circuit is what we call it, or you travel to a bunch of different circuits around the world or around the country, and uh, a couple of wins, you do it in spectacular fashion, get, get a buzz going, and hopefully you get that phone call to your manager or to yourself. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. I went 8-0, and I eventually got the phone call, and uh, the rest is history. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC-approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. Wasted, fronted by Dom Fricot, who we've played since we launched the podcast back in 2015. Absolutely love his stuff. And that's his latest project, Hours Wasted, a cool song called Ambitious Tendencies. I think I mentioned this the last time we played Dom's stuff. He's over in Germany now. He's been there for about four or five years. He does 
occasionally pop back into Vancouver here and there. And he's played a handful of shows over the years. I texted him a little while back saying, Hey, look, dude, if you're coming back to Vancouver, let me know as I'm starting to set up those acoustic Q and a shows at blue light studio in East Vancouver. And maybe, I mean, those nights are going to be ridiculously fun. Maybe we can get uh, Dom to play regardless of the project. He's a phenomenal player. And we're working on getting the band you heard prior to Dom, the boom booms to play one of these shows as well. Maybe you caught the cheap thrill show that they did, which is again, acoustic Q and a, I host the whole thing from stage and stuff. This was at the railway downtown Vancouver, probably four or five years back. Now uh, we got them to write a song on the spot, took suggestions from the crowd and it was right around Christmas and over the holidays and they did it. It was so good that people came up afterwards and on social media for days, dude, did you have that planned? Like so good. Oh my God. And it's like, dude, we took suggestions from the audience. How could we have that planned? And for sure, I would not plant something like that. That's not cool. Bottom line, hopefully the boom booms can bang off another one of these kind of nights. It has been a hot minute. Like I said, four or five years now, speaking of live music, find a list of indie shows happening locally with the indie scene at Todd Hancock. If you're playing a show or checking one out, if it's indie, let us know about it. We'll post it up there. That's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. We're talking over 40 years experience in the music industry. They are family owned and operated. Everybody loves that place. Plowed through the pandemic and they're once again, good to go. Find out more through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay. Our final guest of episode 279 is actor Antonio Cupo. This week's entertainment lifestyle guest. It's powered by Canuck Auctions, Canada's largest memorabilia and collectibles auction house. You can find them online at canuckauctions.com. You'll know Antonio Cupo as a local boy, born here in Vancouver, where we're based out of. He's been involved with the stage in one form or another most of his life. He and I go way back, probably about 20 years now. Initially, as uh, off the top, mentioning that I'd met him when he was in a band called Hybrid Cartel. He was the the singer i was doing sea foxes the fox afternoon show here in vancouver and it was through the seeds program which i mentioned off the top antonio's band made it to the top three or top five or or whatever it was and they were playing shows for the radio station a really good band all the while though antonio is dabbling in acting as well so he moves to la gets some great gigs in film and tv we're talking steven spielberg James Cameron, you've seen him in Bomb Girls alongside of Meg Tilly, Ice with Donald Sutherland, more recently starred in Peacemaker, brilliant series. Antonio talks about title actor John Cena and director James Gunn being super, super funny guys. And it was that his sister, Carmelina, that got him into acting. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's true. It's, it's I feel like all of my successes in life, Carmelina was responsible for them. Like there's and I was looking, she was looking for an agent and she's like, you should give me your headshot. And then, you know, I got an agent from that. Um, you know, she said, she was like, Hey, you know, like they really need actors in the, you know, the school plays. And I was like, all right, you know, like, sure, I guess I'll come. She's like, you really should come. You know, I was playing sports and doing other things. And then suddenly I found this passion for, you know, for, for being on, on, you know, being in the spotlight in that way. Um, you know, I guess being in the spotlight is not the thing. It was more just acting and yep. the spotlight came along with it. But, you know, all of my success in life are, are, are due to my sister. She's been uh, an amazing influence uh, in my life. And some pretty big props to Carmelita, Antonio's sister, pulling him into the acting world back in the day, which spun him into acting. And I'm going to slaughter the pronunciation, I'm sure, in Elisa de Rivo Ambrosa, which is the most watched TV series in the history of Italian television. He did a 135 show tour with the Rogers Hammerstein's musical Cinderella, where he played the charming prince. The kid has chops. The full talk with Antonio is close to 40 minutes. You can hear it. You can see it. Another Zoom chat at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. You'll hear him talking about COVID and how that affected production on movie and TV sets. The music that was in his house as a kid growing up, like Cream, Elvis, a bunch of folk music. And Antonio shared a story about starring in Elegy with Penelope Cruz. And boy, what a story. Uh, did I ever tell you about the Penelope Cruz story? No. 
Oh my God. So we were like, we were on that set. Isabel Crichette is the director. She's, she's just phenomenal. Um, and, and Penelope Cruz, and I show up, you know, I get, I get hired for this job and I, I'm, I'm playing her brother. I'm playing her brother in the movie. That's what I get hired for. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll play a brother in the, in the movie. And, and suddenly, you know, I, I get a call a few weeks later and it's like, Hey, um, uh, there's been a big change and um, uh, you, Penelope no longer wants you to play her brother. And I was like, Oh, and I remember I was in LA and my agent called me and I'm just like, Oh, that sucks. All right. Well, you know, it was kind of too good to be true anyways. And, you know, let's just move, move on. And she was like, no, uh, in fact, she wants you to play her lover. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. Um, she saw the headshots on the wall and she was like, no, this guy can't be my brother. He's got to play my lover. And I'm going, uh, this is insane. And they said, oh, and by the way, for the change, they want to like increase your rate because they, you know, they feel bad that you, you know, lost this role for this other role, uh, casting. So, and I'm just like, oh, okay, like literally I will do this for free. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so then I finally, you know, and, I, and I, it's like a month and a half away or something. So it's, it's some time and I'm just working out like crazy. I'm like, I'm playing her lover. It's going to be this like grandiose sex scene. This is like my, you know, like my, uh, it was that, that they always say Brad Pitt was discovered for his, his part in Thelma and Louise where he's like, you know, plays like the guy with this Six pack in the hotel so, in Marriott. I'm like working. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. So I'm working out every day, just killing myself in the gym. And I show up on set, and you know, Penelope's there, and we're like ready to start. And and the director's explaining the scene, and it's in the bathroom, right? It's just like this this sex scene in the bathroom. And I'm like, okay. So I said, she goes, yeah, throw her up on the counter, you know, and like, and then you have sex with her here on the counter. I was like, okay, but where do you want me to take off my shirt? And she's just like, what? I'm like, where do you? Like, I'm just going to like, I'll just take it off. Like before, like, she's like, no, no, you're not taking off your shirt. You're, you're having sex with someone. Have you never had sex with someone in the bathroom before? You don't, you don't take off your clothes. You just, you just have sex with them. And I'm like, oh, oh, and I just figured maybe like, cause I wanted to show off my body. I was like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. I've been working out for like, you know, a month and a half, killing myself in the gym. <laughs> I'm getting like branching amino acids, protein powder, creatine, you know, like I'm going through the list. There's like, she's no, you like, keep your shirt on, bud. Yeah, she's like, yeah, keep your shirt on. And actually, like this is like, it's got to be better than this, right? So anyway, so we start the scene and she goes, um, she goes, and, and, and you know, where I'm making out with, with Penelope in the, in the bathroom and, and, you know, I go, I sort of go sort of halfway with things and not really too, you know, I'm just kind of feeling it out to, to see how it's going to go. And the director goes, cut, 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 cut. She goes, cut. Antonio, for us, the um, breasts are very important. And I'm like, well, for us, they're important too. You know, she's from Spain, right? She's like, yeah. for us, they're very important. Can you take the Penelope breast in your mouth? And I'm like, excuse me? I, I said, is, is, <laughs> what? Is, is Penelope okay with that? I turned around and Penelope's like, yes. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh. I was like, okay. I mean, this is the, you know, the, I guess the, uh, this is the stuff they don't teach you in acting class. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, wow. we go ahead and do the scene, not to get too graphic. We get all the bits and pieces the director wants that don't end up in the movie. Um, uh, but it is, an, it's an incredible an incredible experience all the way around. And I got to meet Penelope, of course. And, um, you know, that was before. Yeah, you, sure, you sure did. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. She was really embarrassed. It was funny because I'm like, this, she's a big star, right? And I'm just a guy from, from Vancouver. And I'm, I'm like, uh, she's like, I'm not used to doing these kind of scenes. And she goes, it's never uncomfortable for me. And I said, just don't worry. Just think about how, how lucky you are to be doing this scene with me. <laughs> and she started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's great man that's yeah, the icebreaker can you imagine like what can i put penelope cruz's nipple in my mouth what is going on 
As we always do, we went further than what our guests are known for, family life. We talked about Sonic the Hedgehog and the parental controls on TV and devices. Like, how do you keep your kids from seeing and hearing the things that you don't want them to see and hear? Antonio talked about European customs as well, like allowing kids to drink, how there's nudity in film and on the beaches, and the more laid-back lifestyle. There isn't a, a, a child in Italy that has not tried wine or beer. I mean, no one's feeding kids spirits. They're feeding them wine and beer, right? You know? And um, they're not even feeding them, but it's there. My kid sees a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or a beer. He doesn't want to touch it. Right. He just likes beer. I don't like the taste of it. When they were kids, they were kind of curious about it. I remember once my son came down and there was a beer on the table and he walked up and I'm sitting on the phone, right? We're just talk, talking. And he walks up down the steps, right up to the table, grabs my beer, takes a sip, puts it down and walks back up the steps. <laughs> and I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> That's you know, awesome. Literally the last time he ever tasted, he ever tasted beer. Yeah. He found out he didn't like it. There you go. There's probably less drinking problems in that country than there are in this continent. In Italy, there is, in, in Italy and Spain, in, you know, in Europe in general, but, there is, yeah. there's nudity on TV, right? And every on the beaches, show, and yeah. Yeah, every show's got dancing girls. People are smoking everywhere. People yeah. are, are drinking, I mean, literally daily with every single meal. And none of those problems ex exist. You know? Right. It's because it's, it's not normalized, but again, it's part of the customs. It's like, you know that you shouldn't be abusing that stuff. And then you go to like some places in North America that are so repressed sexually, uh, you know, and, and, and in other ways, and they just, they, 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 they get all twisted up in their brain and then they go up, end up, you know, shooting somebody or raping somebody or doing some crazy stuff. Right. It's like all these people needed was just a little bit of like an open mentality, like, hey, stuff exists, enjoy yourself, don't screw up your life. You know what I mean? Right. It's, like, well, it, it's, it's almost it's because it's vilified, right? It, it's almost at that point of like, oh, don't do this. You can't drink until you're 19. You can't do this until, and it's because of that. It's like, okay, uh, maybe now I will want to try it and then I'll do it too much. Dude, how many times were you sitting at the Roxy and there's like, you know, a busload of girls from, from you know, that are like just turned of age for Canada yeah. and they're showing up just getting sloshed. Right. You know, guys and girls getting sloshed because it's there's two years, you know, we have drinking age two years before America. So, you know, they're coming up here and they're getting hammered. Right. Is, well, is the drinking age still the same? 19, yeah. 19 here, right? Yep. And it's 21 for America. Yep. Yeah. So they're coming up here getting wasted. Wasted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going like all they have to do is lower the drinking age and they can get wasted at least and go home and sleep and not, you know, find themselves in a, in a, in a difficult situation to be in. Right. Right. You know, compromising situation in another country. Yeah. Right. Adam. Yeah. Toddcast podcast entertainment guest visits are powered by Canuck auctions, Canada's largest memorabilia and collectibles auction house. Find them online at canuckauctions.com. Makes you victim, makes you host They don't even know your name And time is of the essence they say Never gonna be the same When you get back to the start, swipe right again Cause I never wanted to hold you More than I do right now Cause you're digging your own grave And you can't get out It's your easy love It doesn't matter Thing. It can leave you when you need it the most. It 
makes you almost anything Makes you victim, then you ghost They don't even know your name And time is of the essence, they say Never gonna be the same When you get back to the start, swipe right again I never wanted to hold you More than I do right now I tried to say those words I tried But they don't come, they don't come out song they are best night ever and a brilliant song for them called easy to love now we've asked them to dial up a night with us at the blue light studio in east vancouver we're going to be doing those shows again the last friday of the month starting next month on july 29th if you're a betting person you might want to put your money on best night ever doing uh, blue light sessions with us in the near future just a killer band good group of guys as well they are just a powerhouse of players too top players elite in vancouver scene we can't wait to get them hopefully doing another night with us sooner than later a big thanks to this week's guests as we wrap things up one bad sun singer shane connery volk dude so great to jump on a zoom with you and get caught up in your world stoked for the live shows of your your comic book nottingham just amazing you rock man i look forward to hanging out next time you're in vancouver ufc fighter raquel pennington thank you for jumping on zoom as well as we said we're longtime fans of mma we're all the way back to the ufc one and we've pretty much seen everyone since so good luck with your climb back to the top we will be watching we will be cheering you on and actor antonio cupo brother i mean how good was it to jump on a zoom and catch up super proud of everything you've done you're absolutely killing it couldn't happen to a a nicer guy let's grab those beers soon summer you hear that summer's calling bud i think with that we'll wrap it up episode 279 my name is todd hancock thank you so much for listening for being there we know that you have some choices and we're super stoked that you'd spend an hour of your week with us because roughly about an hour a week something like that if you like what you heard please subscribe get the notifications itunes spotify soundcloud youtube has all of the videos that we do comment and rate the podcast as well that is big for us it's all at toddcast podcast on social media of course massive thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors you can find all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca's homepage If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. Very inexpensive, very cheap 
They say don't say cheap because it's a bad negative. Con- it's freaking cheap. Ten bucks a day. Contact info is at the homepage. Maybe we'll have a beer, have a coffee, and see what's what's up. How we can help each other. Help us find a sponsor, by the way. We'll give you a commission based on the ad buy. So if you get a business that maybe should sponsor the the, the podcast, podcast, shoot them our way, and we'll take it from there. Till next time, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. You've been listening to the Toddcast Podcast, powered by The Pint, Vancouver's favorite sports bar at 455 Abbott Street and online at vancouver.thepint.ca. 